The following podcast is brought to you by the Ebb Tide Treatment Center. Many people wrestle with addiction. You don't have to. Reach out to the Ebb Tide Treatment Center, where they wish to empower each individual encountered with the support, hope, and tools required for long-term sobriety. Priding themselves on providing the best possible treatment experience for you and your loved ones based on unique needs. They're committed to breaking the stigma that plagues those suffering with addiction and their families by educating and bringing awareness to the community. The Ebb Tide Treatment Center provides individual and group therapy, multiple recovery pathways for support, evidence-based clinical support, integrated aftercare social reintegration, personalized treatment planning, program addressing whole life health and Vivitrol program all available. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, reach out to them at ebbtidetc.com or call 844 430 Four three five seven. Hello, once again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. We've got a rager of a show for you today. More on that in a moment. But first, of course, thanks to our sponsors. We want to thank Angelo's Pizza, who takes care of us. They're serving up wonderful, hot, warm pizza for you every single one of our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try anything else from their menu, head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Of course, thanks to Smart Mark Video, who takes care of all of our recording needs so that you can watch the shows back if you attended them or watch them for the first time by purchasing the MP4 download or a DVD from smartmarkvideo.com. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who handles all of our graphic design and printing needs. If you want to start a business, maybe you need business cards, maybe you're like us, you need to get some t-shirts made, or anything else, banners especially, you can do all of that and more through Jack Prince. Visit them at jackprince.com. That's J-A-K-Prince.com. That's right. That voice that you heard, none other than the Bone Collector, Dominic Garini, with us again. Also going to be joined by AIW owner John Thorne, as always. Greetings. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts, and our other special guest. We couldn't do this episode without him, Alex Worldwide Keller. How's it going? As alluded to at the top, we are talking about Wrestle Rager 2 Electric Boogaloo at Now That's Class. A.K.A. how Kella got his groove back. That's right. A worldwide partial production. Uh, how Keller got his groove back, that kind of sets the tone of how this whole thing came together. Right, Thorne? Yeah. So uh, he's been pitching me to do a show at this place forever. And I'm just like, no, it's impossible. There's no way it could get done. Uh, pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. Um, he goes through a little bit of a dark time. Uh is considering retirement um absolution goes well and i say okay let's 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 fucking do it you know like let's fucking do it like i wanted to take august off let's fucking do it uh now i confirm this and then music links tequila jacks also requests a show like literally days later so we wind up with shows back-to-back weeks which is a little risky yeah uh, on top of the fact that now, you know, uh, McGregor, McGregor and Mayweather are going to fight that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, on top of the fact that this show needs to be outside, uh, there was a lot of fucking factors going against it, but uh, 
I wanted to give Mr. Uh, Worldwide Kellar a bone because uh, he kind of was down, and I thought maybe, okay, fine, we'll do this show at Now That's Class. Maybe it'll help him get his smile back a little bit. This was his, this is your world's colliding. Yes, right, smashing things together that should not be together, but totally work together, I'd say. And, and then part of the issue, too, it becomes how do you draw people to, I mean, how do we draw our regular wrestling fans there? Well, before that, like, why do you want to do this show? Like, yeah. what is your purpose here? Like, uh, honestly, like, just like for something new and different. And also, I felt that if we could pull off a show at Now Last Class with like no calamity or problems or issues, then we could put that on our resume to take around town to other bars. Because if you can fucking make it happen at Now Last Class, you can make it happen fucking anywhere. It's like making it in New York, right? You can yeah. make it there. You can make it anywhere. Yeah. And don't forget. The owner of the bar also had to get approval from the city to make this show happen. Yeah, this is a big clusterfuck, which I thought when I said, yeah, let's do it, I thought once I heard this, that it for sure wasn't going to happen. And uh, that's why I booked the Music Links, the Music Links deal, because I thought once I heard that uh, the city council needed to get involved, that uh, this, there's no way that the show was going to get the green light. Yeah, but uh, the councilmen came through and were even supportive of it, and I think the neighborhood really enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, so then, you know, we, uh, you defy, you, you know, you, you shock me again and you say, oh, yeah, it's good to go uh, through city council. So now I'm like, fuck, now we got to do it. Uh, and we're like, now how do we get people there? Yeah. You know? And plus now we've got to draw two weeks in a row. What's, so what's your thought process? Uh, my thought process was just the spectacle of uh, pro wrestling at Nalahat's class, like a known, like, weird kind of scuzzy, like you call it a punk bar, but, like, it's, like, so much more than that. But, uh, you know, like, fucking, I feel like they've been wanting to do wrestling there for years. They were jerked around by other, like, shindy guys and, like, yeah, like, people that knew people, like, for, like, fucking, like, 10 years now. And, like, they've always wanted it there. And I knew, like, you know, we're putting out the best independent fucking wrestling in goddamn Northeast Ohio, period. And, fucking, we can deliver them a goddamn show. And the on that spectacle alone, like, even if, the, like, the AIW, like, Faithful hadn't come out, we still would have had, like, easy, like, 100-plus people there. Like, just for the spectacle alone. As it is, we also had our wrestling fans just mixing in with all the weirdos. And it was like easy, like, and you know, we'll, we'll get to that. But my, you know, my perspective was, is, you know, you're banking on these weirdos, but I'm not banking on them at all because, uh, my thought process was if they wanted to see wrestling, Mount Carmel is a mile up the road. Uh, so I'm looking at it as how are we going to get, how are we going to get wrestling fans to care? Cause I can't really rely on these people that haven't supported a show any other time, really. To, to come and, you know, uh, come through for, for this well, thing. if I can speak to that, I mean, my thought process was honestly that talking someone into, like, buying a ticket for $20 and, like, be like, yeah, it's like wrestling. It happens in, a, like, a fucking church gym. It's, like, crazy. It's awesome. There's cheap beer. You're going to get a couple of people that way, but sometimes you got to, like, you know, bring water to the horse. You know what I'm saying? So there are definitely going to be some new fans made out of this show. 
And that was also my like, it was like more like just like a sort of like marketing, like promotional no, tool. I, I knew like I knew that that was the plan. But my my thought process was, you know, we have to get we have we have to get the core people there too, uh, to provide to provide the fucking spectacle of it all, uh, you know, and like add add to the energy. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I want to do this kind of infomercial show for these people, but we got to get our, we got to get wrestling fans there too. So we started trying to think of how are we going to draw them in, and I know you had some ideas. Uh, I don't know what uh, ideas oh, no. <laughs> were those. <laughs> the one time in your life you don't remember any yeah, ideas. You've always got ideas. Fucking that was a foggy time, man. <laughs> uh, you you were really fucking pushing for New Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, you're like, he's uncontrollable, no. And uh, then I remember I was talking to um, one Tony Erba, who some people know, some people don't. But uh, And I was like th- telling him names we were throwing around. And I was like, New Jack. And he's like, oh, no, he's completely uncontrollable. And like just same exact fucking reaction from like a longtime fan. And uh, But we ended up moving in that direction, didn't well, we? So uh, I... At first, I'm trying to like I'm I'm thinking more of the McGregor and the Mayweather fight, uh, and I'm trying to bridge that gap on top of get like a really ridiculous kind of like spectacle attraction uh, of a what the fuck are they doing? So I actually reached out and I try to get a hold of fucking Arvander the Real Deal Holyfield, uh, and in hopes that he would do a fucking a brawl for all uh i i you know i i write him out a pitch and everything and then i got nothing i got nothing no brawl for all is an evander and then uh weird body's full name by the way and then i think oh fuck i know who we can get we can get the fucking king of the brawl for all butterbean uh i fucking yeah and that works out well because i actually had like a legitimately good connection with butterbean um, the, the guy who owned my gym is actually one of his cornermen in his pride fight that he won. So I actually legitimately could have even had the pride trophy at the show if I wanted it. So I, uh, I reach out to Butterbean and we start talking and, uh, he says that he can't do anything physical because, uh, you know, he has a hip problem now. And I was like, dude, all you have to do is like fucking just throw one punch. And he says he can't even throw a punch anymore, uh, you know, based on the, you know, the condition he's currently in with his hip. He says he walks with a cane. So I was like, fuck, dude, Butterbean was the perfect, perfect fucking guy. Uh, and then I don't know uh, how we fucking arrive at the Sandman, but I ask, I know that I ask, I don't know where the idea comes from. I know that I asked little Guido for it and he gives me the fucking phone number right away. And, uh, I fucking, I, I signed a deal with fucking, uh, well, not sign a deal, but work a deal with the salmon within fucking, I, I would say a few hours. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't very long cause we were going back and forth and I think, and Dom was in on this too, but it went from you texting me like, what do you think? We're doing this. And then two, maybe three hours later, boom, Sandman booked. It, which I think ended up being, obviously, the perfect I think, thing. I think but, he was the perfect fit for this, for this situation. Yeah, even even once you arrived at like, hey, Sandman's gonna happen. Visually, you're just like Sandman at, at this bar, this outdoor bar show where we're expecting it to be 
weird, perfect. But there was a a part of me that thought the same man was never going to come. Yes. <laughs> he has a reputation of it. And then Tommy Dreamer announced a, a House of Hardcore show that happening that day, which one of the very few people advertised was the Sandman. So I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, Not in Ohio, by the way. Yeah, in Chicago. Luckily, you know, Sandman's telling me, no, 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 I'm good for it. I'm good for it. And then Tommy Dreamer ends up canceling his show anyway. So then I was like, fuck, yeah, I know he's coming for sure. Hey, Adam. What did you think of the Sandman draft pick? Uh, I thought, I mean, we were like workshopping that in the back parking lot of class before a show once. So, like, we were like going around and like name to name to name. And then finally, like, it just kind of kept coming back to the Sandman. And like, the more, like, I mean, it made perfect sense, perfect fit for the show. And the end, it, still to try to bridge the fighting gap, Dom tries to. It's just so, like, I'm still, you know. I'm still trying to find somebody. So then uh, myself and Dom get this fucking kind of wacky idea. <laughs> okay, we can't get a Vander Holyfield, which was I knew it was a long shot, but fuck it. And then I couldn't get Butterbean. So then we go, oh, shit, fucking old school UFC fighter Mark Coleman lives in Ohio, and he did some fucking wrestling matches in Japan. Let's try to get a hold of this guy. So Thorne puts me on the kind of the goose chase. So I just do what any normal person does. And I go on Facebook and I search for Mark Coleman's Facebook. So I find it. Um, I think we, I, so I shoot him a message on Facebook. I'm not friends with him. His friend limit is reached, but I can still message him. So I shoot him this message. I, I essentially give him the pitch of, you know, hey, you're, you're, we're going to advertise this as a brawl for all. I know you have a brand new hip. But I also know that you don't need to bump. Um, this is what we're going to do. Um, I literally, this message goes unread for two weeks. I literally then, out of nowhere, get a message back from Mark. And it says, this sounds real cool, man. Here's my phone number. Text me. So I text him. And I get a reply back. And the way to describe how Mark Coleman texts is how your grandpa would likely text if he just learned how to text. So I, the first text I sent him was like, hey, Mark, this is Dominic, the one I talked to you on Facebook. He's like, cool, man. Um, can you run that whole thing by me again? So then I have to run the entire pitch by him again, um, give him the dates. And his next reply came four days later at 2 p.m. And it was, sounds cool. Got to check some stuff out. I'll let you know. Every word was spelled wrong, by the way. So he texts like Tim Dons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then after another couple of days, I know we're kind of run up the brass tacks. I still don't have how much it's going to be for him, nor a confirmation from Mark. I also, during my conversation said, if there's um, like a manager, maybe I need to talk to or anybody along those lines, just let me know. Once again, zero reply. Um, I then go, well, we're about a week away from the show, Mark. Uh, you know, we need confirmation if you can do this. Uh, another day passes, no text back. At this point, sadly, I've lost all hope that we're going to get UFC Hall of Famer Mark Coleman to drive a mere two hours to Cleveland for this show. But he's not out of the question for the future, so I'm going to put you back on that wild goose chase. <laughs> That's fine. I've still got I've still got the number. But so then you know, uh, I fucking I I realize that I take a look all the time just to see like every time I die is off tour. Then so I hit up Andy Williams. And I say, "Hey, would you be available?" At this point, 
you know, like we're we're holding on for Mark Coleman, but uh, Andy works it out, and I just book I just book him, you know. And if Mark Coleman was going to be available, we're going to make him ref it or something. But uh, I book Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. I think that's a you know I so now you know I'm starting to think that we got the Sandman. Now we got Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. Now I'm starting to think that this is like turning into like the perfect kind of fit uh one two punch so to speak for this for this show that, that we're trying to do and then uh i would say fucking less than a week before the show maybe maybe a week and a half before the show tim Donst says i really want to wrestle danny havoc one last time he's retiring uh would you be interested in you know uh, doing it at you know this bar show coming up I really didn't want to because I was really worried about how the show was going to draw and I didn't want to add any more to the budget because, you know, we had to pay for the fucking Sandman. Uh, But then I think, you know what, like, fuck it. Like, this is going to be cool. I think the Sandman plus Andy Williams from Every Time I Die and now we'll have fucking Danny Havoc fucking in his final, you know, one of his his second to last independent wrestling match ever. he'll probably do something memorable, you know, in the main event. So I was like, fuck it, let's do it. I booked Danny Havoc. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of off with those, with those three things kind of being our fucking, our draws on top of, uh, Mr. Kellar here. I mean, yeah. I mean, you seem, you, you seem very un, unexcited to talk about this event. I don't know. Well, it's like, uh, is it as exciting? I don't know. I'm like still like, I don't know how the fuck you do it because I was a goddamn <laughs> ball of like insane nerves the entire fucking day. Because I mean, if this thing shit the bed, it was going to be like my fucking, like I was going to get ribbed on like a doctoral level and, uh, for a long, long time. And, uh, fucking, so I was worried about that. And then also I didn't want to fucking cost the company money or any of that, or like have like something fucking like, I mean, I was like, at the very beginning of the day, I was like, at the end of the day, I'm just going to be Paul Heyman and fucking be on the mat. If they're happy, I'm happy. I'm just happy it's over. But yeah, fucking like, my like fucking like, just like whatever like organizational involvement I had in this, I was just like fucking an insane person. And I'm like still like coming down from that practically. Elements that you wanted all along essentially were incorporated into it. I mean, the Haas match was my baby. Yeah. You initially you wanted it to be a, uh, a battle royale. I, no, I had an idea for a free beer battle royal. Yeah, oh, yes. let's let, let's. Yeah, so I'm trying to tr- look, lock down draws and like. <laughs> Here's the thing: I just felt like let's load this son of a bitch up with a shitload of fucking students and lo- cheap locals, and it's wrestling at class. It's got a goddamn draw. But but my you point, my, definitely took it up a notch, and I appreciate that. My point was is like you can't just do it for those people, you know. Like you have to. You have to try to combine the worlds because that's the that's the point, and because that, that was the end goal. It's like, let's, you know, let, let's do a show for these new people, these people that don't come to AIW that would probably really enjoy it. But like, we have to commingle them in with our diehard fans. Which, yes, you know, we knew we were just gonna probably draw diehard fans. You know what I mean? Like, it was fucking outside. There's no chairs. Uh, you know, it's fucking uh, the Sandman and a bunch of weird shit. Um, so we knew we were going to get the diehards, but like the, the end goal was to kind of co co mingle these people all together. So uh, that was my, you know, that was kind of my fucking, 
you know, thinking kind of a little bit ahead was like. And if we look around the card, there's like a little bit of everything on there. I mean, it's a really good sampler plate, I'd say. And like, it's like, it was a fun show. Uh, but like, I was trying to build it to like, to create like an atmosphere or whatever. Uh, on top of having the Sandman there, you know what I mean? That's the, like, that's putting it over the top. And plus, you know, uh, there's meet and greet and things like that that, you know, w- would add to it. Uh, got that PBR sponsorship. Yeah, you know, that that got PBR hooks, you know, on, on board for a little bit. So, uh, you know, I was fucking, I was trying to like, I looked at this as like an infomercial, but we needed to like, we need we needed to not just focus on one group of people. We needed to fucking bro- oh, sure. broaden the fucking spectrum a little bit. Well, and, and that as he we lights did. a cigarette. Yeah, there he goes. Outdoor locker thinking, rooms, baby. Just thinking about it was stressing him out. He had to light that cigarette up. So I mean, I guess then we can get into more so the day of at this point. Uh, we get there logistically, figure out all right. Here's where the ring has to go. Yeah, we get there, and you didn't really have too much logistically figured out. I knew yeah. where the fuck the truck was going to go. We had a conversation about the ring. We figured that out. Then attempted to make an upstairs locker room, but uh, Gorilla Tape and Tarps were not getting down with us. And uh, then we just ended up with a nice back alley uh, locker room, and that was fine. So all the neighbors watching the boys change. Yep. <laughs> Those that Kathy got a truck. show. So let's get into the show. You know what I mean? Like, let's get yeah. your perspective on it. Um, honestly, like I said, I was like fucking racing around all goddamn day, being like pulled like every which way. Like, you know, like we'd be like trying to like talk about our match, and then it would be like worldwide, 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 like this, that. Like it got to like two or three hours into the day. Like once we were on the ground at class, I hated the fucking sound of my own goddamn name. Like I was just like, if I hear my name one more fucking time, because I was just hearing it from every angle. Because like I had to like. Fucking figure shit out with the bar. I had to figure shit out with, like, you know, the wrestling. Bar. Wrestling. Like, being pulled this way, that way. Idiot friends calling and fucking being like, when is it? Like, all this shit, like, to the point that I just fucking, like, left my phone somewhere. But, like, I was every which way. But, like, once the show got fucking rolling, like, yeah, like, once the show started, it was goddamn just a beautiful thing. And two hours and 57 minutes. Yeah, which is an AIW motherfucking record. It was, it was, if sure. ever there were one. I mean, it wasn't a long card necessarily, and uh, but on on top of that, we don't have to go through the, like the entire card match for match. We'll, I mean, we'll pick and choose things and we'll highlight them. But when the show, I mean, we're 15, 20 minutes out from it starting. We don't have necessarily a huge crowd still at that point. It was looking a little, uh, well, we weren't, it wasn't from the show starting. It was from uh, doors officially opening. Like, so we're talking doors open inside the bar at three o'clock, doors open for the back, like uh, parking uh, lot at four o'clock. Four, yeah. And then the show started at five o'clock, hard five, which I loved. And um, like, honestly, there was like just. Oh, I love me some good efficiency, and somehow we did it. I don't know how, but I'm stoked. But um, were you getting nervous though with the with the draw? Oh fuck yeah! Because like I'd had so many people be like, "Oh, this weekend I have a wedding," or like after the fact, like fucking decided to go camping or yeah. this or that or da 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 da. So by the way, anyone that's ever been like, "Oh, I just want to see you fucking wrestle," blah blah blah, blah I fucking put it to you on a goddamn platter. And if you didn't see me, then suck my gosh darn unit. I don't want to go that hard.
What's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller here to tell you all about Thrift Store Jobber at Thrift Store Jobber on Instagram. Find him on Etsy. He has a doozy of a shirt for you this week from the WWF straight out of the Attitude Era. It is Lita. This shirt is size XL, and there are some things on this shirt that are double XL easily. Check him out at Thrift Store Jobber and use promo code WORLDWIDE to get 10% off any order. Dom, I want to uh, throw you in here because this is probably this is like your first time at this bar, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing worldwide how you know him, what mm-hmm. are you thinking going into this whole day? This is the exact place I see worldwide hanging out at on a daily basis. <laughs> Did you? No offense, worldwide. It's a punk bar. Like it's the exact same. It's the exact thing. Like I see young worldwide Alex Kalar, the king of wrong style, getting raised in. <laughs> Do you feel? Did you feel like the show, the turnout that we we end up having, it was going to be that way? Um, you know, having talked to Thorne and Worldwide about presale, yeah, I think the crowd was probably even a little bigger than we expected. We expected probably a pretty good sized walk up. Yeah. Um, because that's you know Worldwide yeah, has talked to me about like you your punk shows usually don't presell well. It's all the walk up. Yeah, and we end up actually we end up preselling fantastic for this show yeah i think on pre-sale alone we were like somewhere around 150 somewhere in there yeah like just yeah. With tickets floating around and online and oh, all yeah. that stuff and yeah, then we like definitely had like another like because like we were at like 200 plus for sure and it was a good oh, yeah. damn time so i mean we're sitting there not too many people and then it seems like all of a sudden we get ready hey i come to you worldwide we're gonna start hard five o'clock in about 10 minutes and we look around man this place is packed yeah, outside. it like seemed like it happened like out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, but, like I was so happy to see it. Some of the photos that came out of that show, just did, breathtaking. Did that kind of help you all of a sudden? You like get real amped? You're like, oh Here yeah, we I go. mean, well, like I said, once the show fucking started, like I was like just like cruising. But like, just I woke up at nine a.m. and then like nine a.m. to about like four thirty five p.m. I was just like go 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 an insane person. Like, but. Once it got started, like, it was definitely, like, a weight off my fucking chest. Well, and I think it was important to set the tone early, like John was saying, for these people who maybe haven't seen our shows before and get them excited about it. There was a cool vibe. Everybody was there. They definitely wanted to see something, and some of them didn't know what they were going to see. And now, match one, Gary the King Baller, Eric Ryan, and Eric is jumping from the top rope to the outside, taking out Eric and, uh, or taking out... Trey, Josh Bishop, and Gary the King Baller. And the crowd's just like, oh, shit, okay. And now it's like everybody's buckled up. Yeah, it was like great opener. I mean, the crowd was going to be, honestly, we could have like farted on a snare drum and like that fucking shit would have been like ill with that fucking crowd and the amount of beer sold in that place. But um more you drink, the realer it gets, I always say. <laughs> but fucking, um, yeah, it was... What was match two? Uh, oh, host division. Yeah, your yeah, baby, Matt, my baby. Like their, baby. I had like two ideas for matches, and that was one of them. Originally, it had like two more humans. One of them probably didn't want to be a host, and uh, another one got moved to a different spot on the card. But uh, oh, and then of course we had our good friend uh, Kurt Hertz jump on jumping on in. That's right. I mean, he was on the shirt. Why not? <laughs> you that was your call to put him on the shirt. I I just assumed that he you wanted him to way be, in you, somewhere. You wanted him to win your battle royal. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 you want him to win that. 
the concept for the free beer battle royal just put a bunch of whoever the fucks in the ring and <laughs> not whoever the fucks i'm saying it would be workers <laughs> not put people from the fucking crowd in there but then have trey lamar win the thing and then the referee comes up and he's like wait a minute how old are you and he's like He'd be like 20 and be like, you can't win the free beer battle royal. And then it would go to the next next to last person eliminated, which would have been Kurt Hertz into intermission with Kurt just sharing beer with the crowd triumphant. That was my idea. What I love is the Haas division didn't really have a title per se. And this is where the worldwide production comes in. No, it did. But it was it's been lost in translation. Yes. Yes. Transition. But um. I had to uh, fucking, yeah, so I basically had to, uh, well, no, that's a solid gold boot. I'm not going to fucking spoil the mystery. It's a solid gold boot. It might look like one of my old boots painted gold. It's not. <laughs> it's a solid gold boot. You're like, why is it so pliable? Well, gold's a very soft metal, all right? So fucking anyway, it's a solid gold boot, and congratulations to Joshua Singh. Taking it home on his big return. Yeah, they were people were Putting right up. next to those Blu-rays. They were fired up for that big return. Uh, and... I just, I just want to say my big concern with this whole day was the Sandman uh, because he's a fucking wild card, you know, and uh, he said that he was coming in the day before and then I didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from him. And I go, oh, fuck, you know, where's this guy going to be? And then the Duke, the Duke texts me and he says, oh, man, do you see that picture the Sandman tweeted? He's down at the Brown Stadium. And I go, what? And I looked, and I go, oh, fuck, he's in Cleveland. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And then he said that he was, like, two minutes away. For a long time. For, like, and I sent people out to look for him, and... Uh, then it turned out he was just in the back the he whole just damn was, time. Yeah, he, he just, just parked in the back. Sitting in his car. Fucking swinging a fucking golf club around. Well, so the Haas match immediately shows everybody this is going to get weird. And then I think the next match, Don White was the tag team match. Yeah, and, that's and that when, included a blow-up doll. And that's when things got really weird. All of a sudden, we go from... Did they bring the blow-up doll, or did that fans brought that? Fans brought that blow-up doll. I bet they bought it at the head, sh- head slash porn shop next door. Knowing that the Tim Dons and Danny Havoc match was going to be a bringer weapons match, what I was told by the people who brought the blow-up doll is they wanted that to be used as a weapon. Which, that match, the main event was never announced as fans bring the weapons. That was just the assumption. That was the assumption, which Danny Havoc was not pumped about when he fucking pulled in and saw all that fucking chaos. Yeah. Uh, so then things start getting, basically, it becomes spring break at Now That's Class. We have a blow-up doll hanging out. And, I mean, as, as soon as I saw that the Sandman was there, it was f- fucking, I was... I was going all in, Russell Rager, dude, and I just started ordering like six beers at a time, and I just started having fun, passing them out to people. Fun in the sun. Oh, you were yeah. scorched at the end of that day. I got fucking sunburned so bad. We go from blow-up doll, I think then Trey Lamar has his match next. Beautiful shooter oh, up the top sorry, that, the was the tag, that was the tag match. Actually, from blow-up doll down after the tag match? You forget. Steve Guy, you didn't oh, do your gosh, research, Steve did Guy, you? didn't do your research. Uh, the next would AJ have been... AJ Gray does his fucking Phoenix Splash. Play. That's in the same match. That's a tag match. Yeah. Yeah. People go fucking... They go crazy for the Phoenix nuts. Splash. Trey Lamar almost kills himself on a shooting star press. To, to the, the concrete. Outside to the concrete. Uh, yep. So scary. Uh, and then we go on to the Duke comes out. And then out. Dukey comes out. And, and then, Duke cuts a hell of a promo. We, that's, this is... Then this is where we all discover he's and he brings attention to the window guy. Yeah, because yep. there's a house next door to class, which 
people that go to class live in. And, uh, well, instead of buying a ticket, they just kind of hung out in the window and in their respective bedroom windows and just watched the show. Eating Chinese food. Yeah, they did order Chinese at one point. Which, all of us, from there, we get, we also get Duke's a narc chant. That was a great chant. <laughs> we get a window because, guy. Because the Duke goes, do I smell marijuana? Yeah. Which, which <laughs> marijuana. Def- <laughs> which someone was definitely smoking some marijuana. There was, because I think you and I had just looked at each other like, smell, smell that? Like, yeah. And then there's Duke, goes off with it. Then you get a window guy chant. You get a beefalo main chant. Uh, there were people in the back on the rooftop of a shed. Mm-hmm. Dumpster kids. And then there were dumpster kids, and we get a dumpster kid chant, which, by the way, the owner... Paul said his favorite part of the whole show was the dumpster kid chant. He's like, that. 15 years from now, those kids are going to be coming into my bar bugging people for change. <laughs> <laughs> so Duke going off, says he has nobody fun, challenges Window Guy to a fight. Which I thought that the Duke might have been biting off a little bit more than he can chew with that promo in that place. I, I was really yeah. Duke was like number one on my list, honestly. Before like we had the Sandman or like Andy Williams or anything, I was like Duke absolutely one hundred percent has to be on this fucking show. He is going to fucking roast this crowd, and this crowd is going to murder him. Hopefully, not really murder him, but it's going to be fucking fantastic. And that crowd loves a dick, and Duke is a very accomplished dick. Duke the dick. Duke the dick. And then I th- I think they got what they loved. Like if they could not put their hands on him. Enter the Sandman. Well, but my thing is, is I thought that fucking somebody was going to get their hands on him before the Sandman <laughs> entered. Because that fucking window guy, I thought he was coming. You thought he was going to come down? Well, huh? the sunglasses or the other one? Uh, either one. Well, the funny thing is the other one, one Steve Osborne, but he, go, he used to go by the nickname of Big Body. So before I knew Weird Body, I knew Big Body. And he's a big boy. Yeah, well, uh, I thought the Duke was going to fucking... R.I.P. for fucking real. So uh, once it starts, it, it's like I was by the music, and uh, once it's like fu- it's like red hot, I say fucking hit that fucking Sandman song, dude. <laughs> like, and then uh, out pumps fucking Sandman from the Hawk's dumpsters. dumpster, the Hawk, which is the gay bar next door, just straight out of that dumpster. There he is over the fence. Oh yeah, that was another adorable thing about that show. If you're watching it from the balcony. You can see all the boys looking over the uh, fucking fence uh, by the dumpster like they're the goddamn little rascals or some shit. Oh, yeah, great. back by the U-Haul truck yeah, where yeah, we yeah. had it parked. But yeah, yeah out comes the Sandman from uh, that dumpster behind the fence. Everyone's like, fuck yeah. Which, and then, which, which uh, we were supposed to get PBR, but they only had a case and we needed a 12-pack. So we had to send your brother to the store and... He comes back with Natty Light, which the Sandman was like, Natty Light? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? He's not a Natty Daddy. No, and also, not. Natty was not one of our sponsors, but they sold a few. He's like, are you fucking serious, bro? I was like, hey, man, this is what they gave me. Well, here's the thing. You were like all like gung-ho on it. It had to be like a case. So you could just carry the case. Because that's, do- that's what he usually does. Well, no, fucking because he went old school and he just had that shit stuffed yeah, down pocket. those yeah. goddamn here's the thing jeans about this, pockets. Here's about the thing about the Sandman. We got fucking, we got top of the line Sandman. Dude. He was for, in fucking shape. Well, but I'm saying for all his appearances in recent memory, he's just out there in a fucking polo shirt fucking carrying a case of beer like... 
I couldn't believe that he actually changed into that outfit for the fucking entrance. Like, he put jeans on. I was shocked myself. Yeah, that's true. And During if, the meet and greet, he had, like, the ball cap on. He yeah, was he was dressed of, like he was in his golf gear. Yeah, he was dad, yeah. Which, you know, I thought was going to fucking, was going to happen. And then, so, everything I've seen is he, he walks out with a fucking case of beer. Yeah. And, uh. Then he had his fucking buddy. He his buddy had the case, and his they had spots. His buddy was passing him off beers as he walked by casually. It was the fucking little system that they had going on, and he was tossing them in his pockets. And I mean, that was fucking probably, uh, like one of the, like, my favorite moments in AIW history. Though was the fucking the Sandman of fucking entrance happening on an AIW show. And it- Everyone fucking singing along. I was supposed to say, so one of the coolest things was everybody singing along. Everybody just singing Metallica, serenading the Sandman as he makes his way through the crowd, pouring beers, Kenny Wayne going crazy, Dustin Alberti. Dustin Alberti getting that fucking balcony one, which was messy. And then Nana Singh getting Nana Singh got a whole bunch. I do like I, part of me like I wanted to fucking uh, just go down there and get it, but then I was like I don't know if I want to fucking smell like beer for the rest of. the I was day. totally shocked that you didn't. <laughs> I was I I was thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I thought I was like this is your moment, dude. I I was shocked that it didn't happen as well. I really wanted to do it, but a fucking uh, great moment. He fucking beats the shit out of the Duke, canes him, uh, which I had uh, a couple was fans. loving that fucking satin jacket. Tell you that much. I talked to the Duke after, and I. Uh, which the Duke terrified of the Sandman for weeks. Really? Terrified. Yeah. Like, absolutely terrified of him. Uh, and then after I said, you know, how was it? He said, you know, when he's staring at the Sandman and the crowd was chanting ECW, he thought that he was like, that was a pretty fucking cool moment. And then he ate that fucking cane. Oh, and then so from there. I mean, we hit. We go, inter- to, we go to intermission. We go to intermission, and that's sick where, playlist. <laughs> and that's where the fucking like. I, I will give that to you worldwide. I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the playlist on this day. Well, I mean, we've all at AIW shows heard the uh, stock Traxler playlist for a long time, <laughs> and it's not a terrible trailer playlist <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But it's the same twelve songs every single in the show. same order. Yeah, Traxler. Well, Download Spotify. It breeds like a little bit of like, you know, sort of familiarity where you're like, ah, it's intermission or it's, oh, pre-show. But, oh, Deadsy. Yeah. But, um, oh, Simon Diamond's theme song. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but um, then, uh, you know, like I said, I was really proud of that because I just saw people like, you know, just like, yeah, just hanging out, chilling. I was having a good time with all the tunes. Everyone's having a, I didn't put anything too weird on there. You know, I had my CCR, my ZZ Top. You know, all the classics, but then, you know, I had some good shit, too. Well, 22 I had top. everything. Nuck if you buck for AJ Grise. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah, I think, like, uh, Nick Sanka told me the only thing that needs to be added next year is, even if we're not selling it, someone needs to just be cooking on a grill the whole time so we get that grill smoke going in the background, you know. <laughs> for, I like it. For atmosphere. Maybe window. smell. Maybe window guy can not do Chinese food. Window guy might come to cool cook out ice. a grill. <laughs> Oh, you might bring a fucking window frame. <laughs> oh, we no. charge fans five dollars for a fucking photo with a window guy. Uh, people would fucking probably love that. Yeah, well, there you go. All right, pay attention, folks. Want to have a photo op for you? Uh, we we I exit know. intermission. I mean, it's freaking spring break, full go now at this point. And yeah, people are having a good time. Oh, people are having show. a great. I think we were all having a great time. Well, like I said, you know my uh, my big concern was, is the Sandman going to show up? 
he was there. The weather. The weather was good. No rain. So it was just kind of like, fuck it at this point. Like, let's all have fun. Uh, and I think everybody was having fun. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, especially the fans. Like, I think I think it was like, you know, uh, I think everyone really loves the Mont Carmel shows. This was just a different vibe. This was like a house party vibe yeah. with wrestling. And uh, it just created it. People were so it brought people that maybe wouldn't be at a party people to were, a party and people that would not be at wrestling to yeah, wrestling. Yeah. And, and that's w- where I go back to that co-mingling. Yeah. Those people. It, it wasn't and a bar show. And I think show. it went fucking phenomenal. It wasn't a bar show like Music Links no. or the Tequila Jack shows or bar shows. Yeah. Because that was just like we had that's a, show, a wrestling show. Yeah. It happens bar. to be in a bar. Yeah. This was a spectacle all its own. Uh, we jump out of intermission and... The next match, I believe, is Joshua Bishop taking on Bobby Beverly. And then that's another fun one, too, because the crowd getting involved when Bev comes out there and they're all singing along to Aerosmith at this point, you know, doing the whoa cues. And, and I know it happens at Mount Carmel, but just how rowdy the crowd was and how into it they were, it was louder than ever. And because I think, too, with standing room only, everybody's right on top of you. It just adds yeah. to the vibe, the whole party scene even more. For sure. I mean, I'm just wondering about people that were just like walking down Detroit and are like, why the fuck is everyone singing goddamn Aerosmith in yeah. the back of that <laughs> fucking bar? But yeah, that was a good time. Fucking then we go Bobby the, Good Brother. Fucking we, Josh Good Brother. Go to the Brawl for All next, right? Yeah, then we go to the Brawl for All. This was your big elaborate plan, right? Yeah, my big elaborate plan to get Dr. Dan... Fucking pile driven through a table, rhino style. Which, uh, you know, fucking, I, I think this was also the perfect time to do this. People are fucking pumped for the brawl for all. You know what I mean? They don't know what they're about to see. Out comes Carson and Dr. Dan. And, like, this crowd was, like, so easy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Plus, we shot that phenomenally shot promo. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about no, that. No, yeah, we'll leave that one alone. Oh, they they hated Doctor Dan. I think they and just Carson. they just hated the heels. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like uh, maybe you know they're fucking since there was a full bar and it was like a party atmosphere. You know, it's like people were more vocal about yelling. You know what I mean? Plus, mixing in the people that don't go to wrestling shows at all who were just yelling whatever the fuck they wanted. I think it kind of uh, loosened people up a little bit. Dom, did you have a fan chop Brian Carson? Um, well, I think I had the whole front row chop Brian Carson, <laughs> and um, I'm sure when the by the time this at the VOD will be up, there is a legitimate part portion where I'm holding Brian and letting the fans chop him. Mainly, I wanted to start with just the, the couple of girls that he kind of like oh, attacked yeah. in his promo, but then I was just like, oh. People are loving this. Let's just keep rolling with it. And then uh, AW Front Row fan Justin Summers unleashes like the hardest chop I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I thought I literally thought that like Ric Flair got incarnated in Justin Summers' body. The the heat that they must have had in the past got brought totally forward to the table at this point. Um. So yeah, that they, definitely they happened. Said that they buried the hatchet, but apparently no. Uh, the only one that I was very there. trepidatious of letting touch Brian was young Ed Battis because I knew for John a fact... John Bates. John Bats. John Bats. I knew for a fact that uh, there was a lot of heat there. So uh, I remember having to restrain Carson so physically hard at that point to make sure that he didn't try to attack him. And I was like, okay, let's throw you over here. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that was a good time. Then we go on to the big six-man tag with uh, Mr. Uh, 
worldwide Kellar. Yeah, the moment that much of the crowd was waiting for. The was weird, this your amount? Let's was say. this your WrestleMania? The weird world. All I'm saying is, my, like, honestly, I'd be well. Fuck, I guess I'd be that nervous at fucking WrestleMania too. Maybe a little more. Maybe a little more. Fucking no, that shit was wild as shit. I feel real bad because everybody called me on it after the match. I needlessly chopped one Derek director. I didn't have to, but I did. I was feeling it from the crowd. <laughs> he caught one. I'll take it back one day. But fucking no. I mean, I thought the match was great. Fucking weird body uh, hit a dive. I hit a dive. Hell of a dive. You if I the- might just toot my own goddamn horn right now. You First dive in dive. easily a year and a half. Everyone's welcome. Take or dive. So you're, ha- you're happy with No it? take or dive. We didn't get a take or dive out of Why? PB, but, you know. That one WWE talent scout wasn't in the fucking uh, <laughs> wasn't in the crowd. Maybe will we maybe uh, get that take? No, he was there next year. Yeah, the talent scout. Oh, he was, was there. there? Yeah, talent was scout there. was there, man. Fucked up, PB. He was hanging out with uh, Ted Zepp, I think. That's the boy. But yeah, um, it was like just awesome. But at that point in time, also we were like racing against the sun a bit. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I came back and I told you I said, "Hey guys, like, let's fucking let's." Let's keep it fucking. Let's keep it brief. Which uh, was nice because uh, then that basically got the heat cut down by like two thirds. So uh, we probably took a heat. I took a heat. Fucking bing, bang, boom, and uh, moving about. <laughs> what? Well, it was two inside baseball. What? All of a sudden, I'm fucking. Kayfabe, there's other. Deconstruct our match for the audience. It's bro. all right. So then from there, Crowd and worked into a frenzy. They know what's next. There can only be one match. Which, like I said, Danny Havoc and Tim Downs weren't so about fucking going crazy with glass. No, not at the start of the day. And then they found themselves at the at the bar at class. And uh, I still have Downs' card. Yeah, and uh, all of a sudden, hopefully not by the time this airs. All of a sudden, they. Uh, they're like, yeah, let's just bring it all out. Fuck it, you know. And then I was just like, oh, minus one weapon. Shit. Yes. There was there, there was, was this weapon, um, I believe Caden made that was like oh, a two by. There four. was one weapon. It was it wasn't a two by four. No, it was like a styrofoam board with skewers poked through it. Oh and yeah. A direct quote from Danny Havoc goes, "What is that?" <laughs> and I go, "I think it's skewers through a styrofoam board." He's like. No, you know what that is? Not getting used. Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you've made something that scares Danny Havoc of all people, I think you've pushed the envelope a little too far, young Caden. Yeah, what darkness lies in your that. heart, young man? I mean, yeah, these dude, guys there's, were not... kid's, there's some darkness in that kid. <laughs> even, even as of intermission, at which point they were still drinking, I was told, hey, don't let those light tubes come out. We're not doing light tubes. And then right before that match gets set up, which is... All the light tubes go out. Yep. I get told, no, nope, let them go. All the light tubes come out. All the light tubes but one gets used. Uh, Danny Havoc does a balcony dive. Uh, fucking, the, the match is crazy. I won't deconstruct it all. Uh, Watch Tim, it. Tim Dons has to end up going to the hospital. Um, a fucking match. Like, it's probably everything that he really wanted in Danny Havoc's, you know, one of his final matches. Uh, I don't know if it's exactly what Danny Havoc wanted, but uh, Danny Havoc cuts a you know a, a really nice kind of heartfelt fucking promo at the end, uh, which you know I definitely appreciated. 
And then, you know, the goal was to have the show done by eight. And uh, Danny Havoc is fucking waving, walking through the curtain. And I look at my phone. And it's seven fifty seven. Seven fifty fucking seven. And I walk I walk up to Shannon from Smart Rock Video. I was like, seven fifty seven, Shannon. Look at that. I told you we were gonna hit our times because Gary wanted to put Donst and Danny Havoc on early because he thought that the show was gonna run long and it would be too dark for them to uh to wrestle. And I said, No way, dude, we're gonna make it. Oh, it's worldwide said this as crazy and wild as a spectacle as it was. This was maybe the most efficient show that we've ran. Just for fucking time? Holy shit. Because well, we we knew we were racing against the sun. Yeah. yeah. Let's give Worldwide a suit and call him Jamie Noble because he's our producer now. Let's not do that. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I, I want to move in a trailer, man. But like, <laughs> the, uh, then fucking, you know, people are hanging out, still partying at the bar. Yeah. And I'm starting to really fucking take in, like, all these characters that are fucking, uh, you know, at the show. And fucking, there's just one guy there. He's just asking anybody that that's fucking within earshot, hey, man, you want some Somas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm at, he's from Columbus. I played a show with him once. <laughs> it's a whole fucking city. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you, dude? Jamie Dundee? Like... <laughs> Somas? Did you wrestle in the fucking Attitude Era? Uh, I was like, no, I I, I don't, man. Uh, but like, that's cool, you know. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just thought that that I, then I was like, holy shit, like this is a fucking this is a show. It now that's class, dude. Well, and I said this was important. I said all light tubes, but one were used in that match. I'm standing over there having whatever little leftover pizza remains and all of a sudden i look and here's a fan ready to hit oh, another oh yeah we got that shit tube. out of his hands somebody fucked so, somebody ran and fucking got it i ran over i was me i ran over to him philly's on the other side of the barricade he jumps it and marina i'm walking up brother 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 brother, brother, brother. <laughs> yeah everybody just uh, there's like five of us just corral these guys like what the fuck are you doing dude and like no and then that same guy Walks away. Oh man! All right, I get it. I get it. I see him walking away with a plastic bat that had all the thumbtacks and nails sticking out of it. I go, "Whoa, buddy! Uh, gonna need that too, man." No. Oh, give the brother something, man. Let me... <laughs> to do what? He want. He wanted to have some. Hey, we he want to have that fun by himself. You want Just Russell not... Rager three, right? Deathmatch Jamboree. Well, we needed. <laughs> oh, we needed <laughs> that, but we needed to grab that bat back, uh, and then of course. AJ Gray takes the light tube. Yes, from Kurt Hertz instead. That mad dog. Kurt Hertz swung that tube. Kurt Hertz swung the with, tube with work gloves on. With work gloves on. Yes. Safety no, first, Kurt Hertz. Not his AJ Styles gloves. No, no, he, he no. Has work gloves on. They were at that the work point. gloves. Swung it, hit AJ Gray. <laughs> all in all, I think uh, I, I think it was a success. Uh, I know a lot of fans said it was. You know, up there with uh, one of their favorite shows. I was getting people left and right, like, just, like, beaming. Just being, like, fucking, this is, like, the coolest show I've ever been to. This is fucking great. And, like, I was, like, just, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm, like, just waiting for the other shoe to drop and something to go wrong. But, like, seriously, anyone that thanked me, thank fucking you. I made it almost the entire day with my white denim not getting dirty. Till Tim Donce brushed up against me. Splattered some blood on my sleeve build some character yeah uh but i think you know a lot of people have asked 
can we uh are we gonna go back i think maybe uh for sure one maybe two next year uh depending you know on the schedule and uh the weather and things like that gary has to keep it up on his uh anti-rain dances yeah, for sure. Because I saw him the week before, <laughs> and he's like, if it rains, I'm not coming out. I was like, well, you better get your fucking rain dancing shoes on and tell that shit to fuck off. And we were checking the goddamn weather on the fucking oh, app every day. I was checking the weather non-fucking. And then, like, I think weird about it was like, I don't think it even matters until, like, you can even predict it really until Tuesday. And I'm like, when the fuck is it going to be Tuesday? <laughs> fucking. And then it was Tuesday. I was like, all right, it looks good. And then, honestly, it was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Like. Everything came together. The universe just said, hey. Have a fucking sick show, guys. The sun was out. Was it not John Thorne? Dude, I was fucking hurting the next day. <laughs> hurting that night. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, uh, the the thing that was fucking, I found the craziest was that the show was over by eight, which really fucked with me fucking, uh, like, mentally after party wise, because it just went on forever. The after party just went on for fucking ever. And yeah, the like, show was over at eight. We were at my place by like nine thirty, and then it's just like never ending. Like you know, like yeah. you usually get a couple hours in, and that's it. And then like it's like four hours of after party going on, and it's like, well, shouldn't this be ending? It's yeah. like not even. We could still even go to a bar if we wanted to. Like, what the fuck is happening? I'm sitting on so much leftover beer right now. It's insane. Dude, and this was a fucking... I, I won't get into any details, but there's some fucking crazy shit going on in this fucking apartment. Uh, it was fucking insane. Like, fucking insane. Like, fucking, like, uh, can never be spoken of fucking insanity. It was definitely an unholy shitload of uh, goddamn people in my fucking apartment. The place was a war zone the next day. Fucking nunchucks and fucking all kinds of weapons. Say, yeah, weapons didn't stop it. Russell Rager too. No, Stacy came back, made it to the after party. Stacy the blow up doll—that was her name apparently. Uh, Roxanne. Oh, Roxanne. Roxanne. Marino named her Sally. Roxanne, but, I'm sorry. But Roxanne was the true name given by the people who brought her. Uh, I mean, I think that's gonna wrap it up here for Russell Rager two, Electric Boogaloo. You guys got any final words you want to throw out there? No, if you guys want to want to see it again next year, make sure to uh, let us know. If they liked it, I liked it. And buy the buy the DVD. Oh, fucking seriously, this is one to goddamn buy. Oh, like this, this is one where the the live experience I think is going to come through on that DVD. Like on, I don't want to like hype it up that much because it was outdoors. But like, if there was a roof on that place, it would have been like ECW levels of fucking just noise from the fucking crowd. But I might be hyping it a and, little hard. And to that note. Fucking be that loud at Mount Carmel. Have fucking fud like uh, people. The wrestlers feed off that. Like, don't just fucking sit there and think you can't yell and scream. Re- wrestling shows are supposed to be like the fucking how that crowd was, just like fucking yelling and screaming and having fun and fucking singing music. And yeah, this was a show where I think the wrestlers didn't want to just watch the show to watch everybody wrestling. They wanted to watch the crowd, man. It and, was like, definitely an experience. Yeah. So let's keep that. Let's keep that part of it rolling through the rest of the year. Feel good. All right. Well, for Dominic Greedy, Alex Worldwide Keller, John Thorne, my name is Steve Guy. We'll talk to you guys next week right here on AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Worldwide.